This is an American Freedom Podcast on the Mac Networks. Presented by MyPillow.com Go to MyPillow.com and use promo code RADIO Tonight, we will talk about the Delaware election, Rhode Island election, and the New Hampshire election, all elections on tonight's podcast. Also, we will cover the Mike Lindell raid on the FBI, and also the Queen's funeral, and much, much more. We will cover all on today's podcast, and also... We'll talk about the November 8th coming up. And what's the deal with the Republicans in our Congress? All on the American Freedom Podcast. Welcome to a Monday evening, um, September, what day is it? September 19th, wow, I'm 22 years old, it's great. Um, I'd like to thank all the listeners that wished me a happy birthday on Facebook. Um, I think, what I'm thinking is, be just to let every everyone know, I am no longer on Getter. I am no longer on Getter because, um, I'm on True Social and I gave up months ago on Getter. When I opened my account on True Social and I got approved, I said, you know what, this is a great site. And I'm going to be on it. And it's a fun place. Go to my go to make a true social account now and see what I talk about that I cannot speak about on air or on Facebook. It's it's so wonderful to see Donald Trump on speaking the truth. On today's episode we have um, a lot to talk about, and we ha- we don't have that much time to cover, but um, you know what, let's start off with the election. I was about to start off with the emails, but I said, you know what, let's start off with the elections, because it's, it's, um, it's the final one. It's the second to last one because Louisiana, everyone knows Louisiana. All right, fine. Um, 
Let's go to New Hampshire. Big race. Donald Trump won the entire New Hampshire. Big time. And it was so wonderful seeing it. All right. New Hampshire race. The Democrats' um, primary uh, result for the Senate was Hassan. The Republican uh, was Balduck. And the Republicans actually got more votes than the Democrats, which is amazing. And I'm hoping this November, folks, we got to wake up and yell at the Democrats and say, you're causing America with inflation. You're causing, um, if you don't. I'm speaking to a dem. I was speaking to a Democrat the other day. I asked them, "What is the pain of an American right now? Paying taxes, working hard, working hard as we can. We can try. Inflation through the roof, and they were they were like, forget it, forget it." I'm not speaking. Ah, that's it. They're denying the issues. We need to go out and vote out people. Go out and vote on November 8th and vote Republican. Because this is, this is ridiculous that we have deniers in office. Bill Pascrell. Richard Burdnick, Jerry Duffy, uh, who else is in there in the county? Um, darn it. Forgot their names. I don't know the Democrat side. I only know the Republican side that always tries to win, but uh, sometimes it it doesn't work out, but I'm saying this year, we need this win. We need it because it makes a huge difference in 2024 when Donald Trump announces that he's going to run and he will win and he will run. I'm telling you folks, it's going to be a big wave to come this year. And I am telling you. We need the Republicans in office, and they will control, once they control the America, as you see right now, we have a problem with our border. It's a big crisis. I, want, I would say, around our country, is on our Basically, our whole country is under a state of emergency right now because of this crisis. Thank you to Biden. Sheesh. All right. Let's go to the House part of New Hampshire. It was a big win, by the way, for the, the entire New Hampshire. I'm glad that Republicans are getting, out their, getting their voice out and winning. Democrats in um, New Hampshire, the incumbent district won uh, 
Pappas, 2,380 votes. How about this one? Republicans got out and vote for Leave It. 25,772 votes. That's what the number I like. That's what I like about the Republicans. And also District 2. Burns. Richard Burns. 19,704 votes. And the Democrats on, on uh, the incumbent for uh, District 2. Custer. Adam Custer. 1,680 votes. What happened to the Democrats um, all of a sudden? Being scared to the daylights. Are they in their basements? Not voting? Are they, are they talking to Hunter? Let's go to the New Hampshire governor. Sherman has won in uh, New Hampshire. 91. They like to play around, basically. Um, basically, they like to play around. So, Oh, here. Sherman got 3,231 votes. What an absurd... Person, Sherman. Alright, this guy named Shunu. Let's see how much he got. 100,709. What a blast. He got the entire New Hampshire, folks. This guy named Sherman, he got, let's see here. Um, Axon, Atkinson. Uh, Barlett, Croydon, Daring, Hampton, Lackanagh, Nelson, and that's it. This guy named Sherman, who, who, um, basically only got like, Five places and 3,231 3, votes. Sheesh. Goodness gracious. But this guy um, on the Republican side blew the hell out of um, Sherman. Blew the hell out of him. And I am so happy about New Hampshire. I, by the way, I, we went on vacation one time during COVID um, to New Hampshire. And I'm so glad. I would love to go back to New Hampshire next year. I'm, I am telling you, this year, the Republicans will win New Hampshire. And God willing... 
next year by August, I'll be in New Hampshire celebrating um, our 10th, our 10th in New Hampshire, God alone. Um, but plans can change. All right. As plans can change, we're aligning. Here we go. Let's go to their house. Um, district number one. They're very Democrat in Iran, by the way. They're very Democrat. So, district number one. This guy named Chilini. 45,446 votes. Okay. Um, Mazigan, Magazine, Magaziner. In District 2. 29,420 votes. Okay. Alright. But. Yeah, the Democrats won this one. For Rhode Island. But I'm saying for the um, Republicans in Rhode Island. You gotta wake up. Seriously. Waters ha is running in. Uh, he won in... Republican side, but 6,922 votes? Come on, Republicans, let's get moving. And Fung, 12,016 votes? I'm not liking it. I'm not liking it. All right. Meanwhile, Governor, um, over there, You got the incumbent, Mickey, 36,366 votes for Mickey. And then 17,058 votes for Klaus. I would love if Klaus has won, is the winner. Um, there was, I don't know if, it, if there was a... Uh, if there's a, if there was a, a lady over there, Secretary of State, Amore, 63,536 people voted against a African American, sheesh, what the hell is about that, Lieutenant Governor, Matos, Matos and Gunkan. Matos is a African American, forty nine thousand three hundred votes, three hundred four votes, and then Gunkan, thirteen thousand. Forty votes. So, folks, that's for the Republicans. All right. So, I tried to get the Delaware votes on our site, but um, I couldn't. Apparently, they're messing up stuff. All right, but. I managed to get it. 
Um, on the DelawareLive.com. And they have everything. All right. So, the projected winner, as it says here, bold. All right, fine. Just 16.2 Delawares, Delawares are registered voters. Participated in the 16.2%, by the way. In that election, the state auditor who in July was convicted three misdemeanors corruption charges later reducted, reduced to two by the judge has lost her primary election against the Democrat uh, party endorsed by Linda York. Longtime conservative Senator Colin Mononi Dover lost his re-election to Kent County uh, Levy Court uh, Commissioner Eric Buxton in Sussex County Incumbent District Number 5 Councilman John Riley beat Keller Hopkins who spent more than $163,000 of his own money on his campaign. So we it's insane. It's insane, folks. Wow. A person spends $163,000 on his own campaign. Jeez. All right, let's go through the state. Um... Yeah, they said about the, uh... Linda York, who's a state-wide, who's a state auditor, a Democrat. Thank you. Now the Senate District 6 is, um, is Russ Huxtable. District 14 for the Senate is Kyra Hoffner. That's the Democrat. District number, that was district number 14. District 16, Republican is Eric Buxton. Uh, now the House. District number one, Democratic Party, Wilmington. Nominated Chakawa. That's the Democrat. District two, Democrat. Stephanie Bolden, District 4, these are the House, Jeff Halsevy, Helozvoski, Republican, now 6, Democrat, Deborah Heffernan, 13, Democrat, Deshana Neal, that's District 13, Democrat. 18, Democrat. Uh, Sophie Phillips. And 25, Democrat. Sydney Romer. 26, Democrat. Medina Wilson Anton. 
27 Democrat Eric Morrison, 32 Democrat Kyrie Avilion Harris, 36 is Republican Brian Shoup, and the new Castle County government is uh, Democrat Brandon Toole, Kent County Republican Robert Scott, Levy's court is Poole, Paul Hertz, that's District 6, Levy, Levy Court is District 4. Uh, Sussex County Government is the County Council, District 5 is Republican, John Reilly. And Register Wills, Republican primary, is Greg Fuller. Recorder of Deeds, Republican primary, Alexandria Reed Baker. She's the Republican of that area. Now, um, that's all for Delaware. So that's for Delaware. Alright, Louisiana is the next race, folks. Louisiana is November 8th. And then, New York. Everyone must get out on November 8th for their general election, and Louisiana is getting out for their primary on November 8th. Vote New York. You need to vote out Kathy Hochul. This woman, my God. Get out of there, get out, and uh, Friday, October 14th is your deadline. Register in person by mail and, and online 25 days away, folks. 25 days away for New York. Uh, October 14th, and then uh, to register by mail must be postmarked. Friday, October 14th, and received by the 19th. So the 14th is your deadline. And, folks, I am, I am a big guy. I am so into these elections, and we need to. We need to. We've been talking about it all from... Um, March until now, and we will continue. We will continue. Look what look what's what look what's going on in um, New York. They they are there's a uh, massive massive. Um, crime rate is up over there, and people are getting smacked in the head over there. I'm not liking it. I'm not liking it. I'm not a happy camper about that, folks.
But you know what I'm not a fan about? What New Jersey's doing to ensure kids to recover from massive learning loss, not much. There, Governor Murphy says that he's trying his best to recover from this stuff. You know? Alright. Uh, nope. He's not going to. Could Ben... Could New Jersey ban sale on new gas cars? Um, a banned sale of gas-powered vehicles could be in New Jersey's future, like California recently decided to phase out sales on new gas-powered vehicles by 2035. When it comes to environmental regulations, New Jersey tends to follow the state footsteps the Murphy administration has not said anything yet. Climate activists, yes, uh, calling and strong a push towards the electric vehicles. And you know, um, I'm not a fan of these clean energy. Um, I'm not a fan of these electric vehicles. It's so quiet, and it's and it's dangerous. I, and, and sometimes I can't, I can't see where the hell am I going to go. Sometimes I can't, I don't know if the car's on. That's the stupid part. So stupid. Alright. Trump is, um, went to D.C., Last Sunday, he visited um, D.C. just once since leaving his office. Now, thanks to the social media post from the former president, we know exactly why he arrived to visit city, nation's capital. Freelance journalist, YouTuber, Andrew Lydon, known as Penguin 6 broke the news on Sunday evening last week before it was picked by uh, numerous additional reporters and outlets. Layden even captured footage of Trump exiting the plane upon rival Dulles International Airport in Virginia. Listen to this. Hey guys, good morning. It is September 11th and it is early. Air Force One is inbound from Delaware, and Biden will be heading over to the Pentagon shortly. I'm going to try to get there before him. Uh, I don't know if I can see much. I probably have to go up to the Air Force Memorial, but we might get a little overview of the ceremonies that are going on at the Pentagon today. Then, who knows? It is raining. I'm not sure what we'll do. You can see out there, they got Coast Guard patrol boats on the Potomac this morning, looking for any threats. spotters in New Jersey saw his motorcade arrive at the much, but Donald Trump is on his way to Washington. Yeah? 
we have been tracking his aircraft all afternoon, the aircraft spotters that I hang out with, and one of our spotters in New Jersey saw his motorcade arrive at the Morristown, New Jersey airport, get on a plane with a flight plan to Washington, Dulles. I'm on my way to Dulles. Let's see what we can see. Pretty amazing clouds tonight, no? Let's get out to the airport. Up there, you can just see it. That's Trump's plane. Behind those uh, planes there, you can see the motorcade is already on the tarmac awaiting uh, the plane. I don't know where the plane is. It's off to the right, I think. A bunch of planes have landed. This is a busy, busy private airport. I'm illegally parked. Mm -hmm. There's the motorcade, guys. Lined up behind there. All right, I'm going to continue watching this myself. Let's wait for All right, so he's playing golf in Washington. Yep, what a great stuff. Alright, I'm going to a Red Sox-Yankees game on Thursday. Um, apparently, one of my neighbors actually had an extra ticket. Um, thanks to that, Yankees are doing well. And this is a great game! Red Sox! How about that? What an awesome game. Alright, DOJ subpoenas, 40 subpoenas, seizes phones of top Trump aides. Remember last week we said 36, and this week is 40. What the hell are they doing? So 40 subpoenas over the last several seeking days of information related to January 6th. January 6th is the season of two. Yes! January 6th. Um, Miller, Stephen Miller, Brian Jack, Dan Scavino received all of them, uh, received subpoenas. Um, because of January 6th. And you know who else? This is ridiculous. It's all ridiculous and political, politicized, and the FBI. It's a really, really, really dangerous place. And I'm not a fan of it. I'm not a fan. Not a fan of it because when you politicize everything, no one trusts you. You know who we don't trust? The president. Everyone should trust the president of the United States of America. Well, apparently they don't. Not even the, uh, not even our, um, allies. How about this? He had a brain freeze. We hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men and women are created equal, endowed by their creator with certain inalienable. We've never fully lived up to. What was that? Go back.
We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men and women are created equal, endowed by their creator with certain inalienable... Brain freeze. The transcript that the um, White House Biden actually said the whole word, though did not try to correct in inedible versus unedible error. Never before walked away from it. Yes. Yes. This man... I was speaking to a medical professional who's telling me, look at Biden. He told me that Biden may have Parkinson's. Biden may have Parkinson's. And it's true. He may have Parkinson's because um, the way he walks, the way he talks, the way he thinks, and it's it could be, I don't know. But, I'm not a medical professional, and this guy's telling me things that may be true. I don't know. Meanwhile, Tucker Carlson reporting that Mike Lindell has been raided from by the FBI. A great Mike Lindell. Go ahead. I told you last night that the Biden administration has politicized law enforcement to the point where it feels Soviet. And we were not overstating it. The FBI has just raided the guy who sells pillows on this channel. Not because the pillows were bad, but because they don't like who we voted for. Matt Finn is tracking the developments in that story tonight. Matt? Tucker Mike Lindell, known as the Pillow Guy, reports on his live stream, Lindell TV, that FBI agents located him, questioned him, showed him their badges, and asked him questions about Colorado and Dominion voting machines, and then provided him with a warrant to seize his cell phone. And uh, he says, we're uh, FBI, I said, show me your badges. So they show one badge, I said, how about yours? You know, I'm, I, you know cause I don't trust anybody, like, you know, they're bad people. Well, they do that, and they said, what do you want? And, and uh, he says, we need to talk to him. So I pull over, and... Uh, Mike Lindell said he initially told those agents he would not surrender his phone because... Mike Lindell was in a, was in a car at that time. He was in a gas. He was in a um. He was he was in his in a uh, on a trip, business trip, with his friend, and then on his way back to Minnesota for a business meeting, and they they were hungry and uh, they had to get lunch, and then they uh, stopped by a nearby um, restaurant drive-thru so then the FBI comes one car comes another car comes another car comes and blocks Mike Lundell Mike comes out of the car and says what the hell are you doing here I need to get the hell out of here for my meeting. So, they say exactly what they said on what exactly he said. Listen to this. 
It's amazing and it's ridiculous. He spoke to, um, uh, where is it? Damn it, where is it? Here we go. The showroom trailer. That no, helps. not this. Um, here. Oh, not the fake news, please. No, 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 not that one. Not that one. I don't want that one. I want it. All right, whatever. Here. FBI, uh, you're going to hear this, and you're probably already hearing it in the news. The FBI came after me and took my phone. They surrounded me at a Hardee's and uh, took my phone. I run all my business, everything with, and they told me not to tell anybody. There's an order not to, don't tell anybody. Okay, I won't. <laughs> well, I am. Yep. They took his phone. They took everything from him. Mike Lindell. The great Mike Lindell. What the hell did he do this time? Nothing. They just want him quiet. Quiet. And they're scared to the daylight out of these people. Folks, it's, it's scary out there. It's scary. I'm telling you it's scary because it's not funny when the FBI comes to your house. It's scary out there. It's really scary and sickening. All right. You know what's scary? President Zelensky was checked by medics and not seriously hurt, but he was in an accident in a car crash. Motorcade leaving the driver. His motorcade leaving the driver needing to go to the hospital. Oh, my God. And you know, this whole shenanigans that's going on in uh, Ukraine and Russia, it's insane. And the media is not talking about anything. They're all about um the queen, the queen, yes, the queen, sheesh. We will speak about the Queen in a minute. But, you know who gets canceled? Don Lemon. Don Lemon is canceled. His show is terrible. Don Lemon gets a shake-up, but his show's a primetime show gets canceled. And it's moved to the morning. Morning lineup. Sorry, Don Lemon, you have to wake up like 2.30 in the morning now. Um... I can't believe that. The morning pr morning people have to prep. They wake up at 2.30 in the... 2.30, 3.30, maybe. I don't know what time they wake up, but... Early hours, they get to, um... They have to be by the studio by 5 a.m. Put on their makeup and all their n stupid nonsense... The amount of makeup that they do by the time they start their show, it's 6 a.m. 6 a.m. where you start a show. This is CNN. Yes, it is. 
The unlimited has to do that all day. And then by the time they're done, camera's off, and then they go home. Do the same thing every day. Every day. All right, fine. Um, what's next? Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving shares a video of Alex Jones warning about the NWO. What the heck is NWO? I don't know what it is, but I am certainly not about it. Here we go. He refused his vaccination. There's nobody enslaving him. Um, here. This season for me was never to um, just take a stand. It was really to make sure that I'm standing on what I believe in and freedom. Freedom. I don't think that's a word that um, gets defined enough in our society about the freedom to make choices with your life without someone telling you what the fuck to do. Um, and whether that carries over into uh, nuances of our society that, uh, you know, politicians control or government controls or um, things people that empower, the powers may be, right, that control. Um, I'm standing for freedom. So that's in all facets of my life. And there's nobody that's in. Yep. That guy's great, but I still don't like the NBA. The NBA is terrible. All right, next. You know what? Fake Democrat found in Trump raid case. A fake demo document. Ah, here. A fake document found in the Trump raid case. Um, hang on. Sorry. I had to clean my phone. Or the microphone. Yeah. Um... When the government mysteriously, what are we up to here? Um, wanted to go after Trump and they couldn't find anything, basically. So that's the case. All right, next. Biden needs his note cards to sign condolence book for the queen. Oh my god. Here we go. Listen to this. It's just really, really bad. 
He went to the funeral. Jill went to the funeral. He has his no card. Why does he have his... He pulls out no cards. All right. So, Biden, we've had an opportunity to meet with an awful, a lot, consequential people. We've had an opportunity to meet with an awful lot of consequential people. But I can say that the ones who stand out in your mind are those whose relationship and interaction with you are consistent with the reputation. When the Queen had us to the castle for tea and we joking crimpets, she kept offering me more. I kept eating everything she put in front of me. But uh, she was the same uh, in person as, she, as her image. Decent, honorable, and all about service. And uh, our hearts go out to the royal family. I don't believe this guy at all. I don't believe him. Why is the king talking about architects? All right. Anyways, you know what? I gave up on that. Right. You know what? I had enough of that. And yeah. Um. Let's see. Here, this week, Monday news: alcohol-related hospitalizations deaths soared in New Jersey amid COVID pandemic. Vulnerable Democrats won't say when Inflation Reduction Act will reduce inflation. Governor Murphy runaway health care prices. Oh, Governor Murphy responds to attempted car theft next to his house. He said, but Murphy did not endorse the bringing the cash bill system to back to New Jersey, something like Republicans, lawmakers, and many in law enforcement, have been calling, according to Monmouth County Sheriff Sean Golden, of the four dozen pe- people arrested, charged with car theft in Monmouth County so far this year, more than half been rearrested on similar charges. A few days of their arrest in New Jersey today, only those charged with the most serious crimes, such as murder or rape, or held on a cash bill. Many people charged with crimes are released shortly after being arrested with a summons to appear in court. How about that? You like that to live in New Jersey? No. No. And I hate it. I seriously hate it. It is terrible... I'm not a fan of it. I, oh man, man oh man. Um, 
All right, fine. Let's get to our... All right, here we go. Um... We got 113 videos? Sheesh. All right. The fight for the seat. I-24 News reports... Um... Hang on. Know what? Let's do the regular. This week and next, and then the following. Here we go. So we have like two hundred videos. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Fifty-one days now until Israelis again go to the polls on November first, and the campa their campaign is heating up and getting down and dirty. Finance Minister and Yisrael Beitenu Party leader Avigdor Lieberman is under fire today for saying that Likud leader and former Premier Benjamin Netanyahu is using propaganda methods similar to those of Joseph Goebbels and Yosef Stalin. The charge made after reports emerged of a man claiming 20 years ago he was offered money by Lieberman to kill a top police official. Well, the Likud demanded that Lieberman apologize, and Prime Minister Lapid said any Holocaust comparisons should be left out of political discourse. While also having a rough day in politics is Interior Minister Ayala Shaked, who dissolved her partnership with Knesset member Yoaz Hendel, ending the brief life of their party, Zionist Spirit. Now, the two split over the issue of whether to join a government headed by Netanyahu, with Shaked open to the possibility and Hendel firmly against. Now, Shaked is reportedly weighing whether to rejoin the Jewish home faction, but polls show she is unlikely to return to parliament as the head of any party right now. Well, joining us here in studio with us for more is uh, Nasri Nasri. All right, next, let's get to this one. The education and upbringing of their kids. And part of this was COVID, I think, awoke a lot of different parents to what was going on in the schools. I do think some of the really sharper ideological agendas have been more recent in terms of what they've been trying to do. And so this all came to a head over the last few years. And states like Florida have led by enacting a Parents' Bill of Rights, which we did in 2021. We also this year enacted curriculum transparency legislation. You as a parent have the right to know what is being taught in your kid's school. You have a right to know what is in, say, a middle school library. And when you hear about the left talking about saying, oh, you know, they're trying to, quote, ban books, just understand, adults can do what they want. But do you think it's appropriate for a sixth grader to have access 
to books with hardcore pornography in their library? Most parents don't. And so now in Florida, they have an opportunity to fight back and stand up for what is, what is in the best interest of their kids. We've also looked at all the, the curriculum and what, what's been going on in the schools. And our view is very simple, and we've just drawn a very firm line in the sand. The purpose of our school system is to educate kids, not to indoctrinate kids. We We've done things like ban critical race theory in our K through 12 schools. And what you'll hear from uh, the left and the media is, oh, well, they just they don't want to teach about uh, slavery or civil rights. Just know in Florida, all of that is required to be taught by statute. That is not what CRT is about. Those are historical facts. And you teach all of American history. But what you do not do is you do not distort American history to try to advance your current ideological agenda. When you have things like the 1619 Project that the New York Times, of course, underwrote, and they want to get that into schools, they say that the American Revolution was fought to defend slavery. And that's false. You can look at why they rebelled. You can look, I mean, the dang thing started in Massachusetts. That wasn't exactly, you know, the head of, um, of what was going on in terms of the agriculture. So, so that's, that's why they wrote pamphlets. They debated it. They talked about it. They listed different things. And that's just the fact. So what they're trying to do when they're doing those false historical um, uh, statements is they want people to say, you know, well, this whole country, the founding of it, they want people to think it was illegitimate or somehow fatally flawed. And in reality, it was the American Revolution that was the first thing that ever caused people to question slavery in the first place. It had been an accepted part of human life. All of a sudden, now you're saying, you know, our rights don't come from a king or the government. They come from God inherently. Well, how can you justify having this? And so that really is what birthed a lot of the abolition movements. And so we just have to be accurate about that. And you know, the people on the left that believe in things like CRT, they're effectively taking the position on the American founding that Stephen Douglas did when he debated Lincoln. Lincoln took the position that it was a nation conceived in liberty, and that it was the principles of that that would eventually, you know, provide freedom across the board. And Frederick Douglass believed that too. Stephen Douglas said, no, 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 the purpose of the founding was to basically preserve slavery. So the modern-day CRT advocates would have taken the side of Stephen Douglas when he was debating Lincoln in 1858 in the Senate. So I believe Lincoln was right. I believe Frederick Douglass was right. And I think most people throughout American history have taken that view. It's also something that is used because they'll say, oh, there's no course labeled CRT. Where are you getting? Of course there's not. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about using those principles to be able to teach a whole host of subjects. And part of what they want to do with that is they want to categorize people's worth based on their race. So if you have some kid, if you're white, you're an oppressor. If you're black, you're oppressed. And they want to have collective guilt imposed on people based on their race. Since 1989, our mission has been to lead the industry in quality, service, and value. So we want... All, All I can say... But they're overdoing it a bit on the Queen, don't you think? I mean, it's great to talk about the Queen, the important parts, but they're going into the minutiae, I think, about, you know, the coffin's here and it's going there. Well, take a look. 
At 10 o'clock this morning, Queen Elizabeth II began her final journey. From her favourite home, Balmoral Castle in the Scottish countryside, the Queen's cortege travelled to Edinburgh, where she'll lie in rest until Tuesday before moving to London. Hundreds of thousands... Yes, I agree. It's too much. Too much. All right, next. No, it's too much, Those this one. extremist so-called leaders claim we should return this issue to the voters in the States. Well, isn't that ironic? Um, she's too much for this country. Excited right about a day after remembering the first responders of 9-11, Florida recognizes local first responders with bonus checks. Governor Ron DeSantis held a news conference in Jacksonville today, excited that the state is doing this for a second year in a row. Scotty Bell. Justin Adler. It looks in some ways like a graduation. Mayoral Austin. Michael Barrow. Instead, call it a celebration and a recognition for the men and women putting their lives in the line. Eligible recipients for the first responder recognition bonus payments are police officers, sheriff's deputies, paramedics, emergency medical technicians, and firefighters employed by local governments throughout the state. So we're happy to be here today uh, to be able to present uh, the first set of, for the second year in a row we're doing this, uh, $1,000 bonus payments for all first responders in the state of Florida. And That's wonderful. I love that. That's great. We should, con- we should continue doing that. It's wonderful. All right, next. Santis has made quite a name for himself, and in Manatee County, a park is being named after him. Every county commissioner agreed they like Governor DeSantis, but some were a little concerned that the park wasn't being named for the right reasons. Fox 13's Kimberly Quizon explains. The land here is overgrown but quiet, and while it has a sense of peace... I feel this is very embarrassing to our community. It's naming a park. We voted on making this resolution. Let's just vote on the resolution. It caused a lot of noise at the Manatee County Commission meeting. I was embarrassed that we would name this little teeny park with a cell tower on it after our governor. This was the third and final discussion commissioners had about 17 acres of land unofficially known to residents as Canaan Park. The park will open next year, and when it does, it'll have a new name. I do support naming the park the Governor Ron DeSantis Park because I think in the last couple of years, he has truly earned that right. Some residents speaking out did not support the name, and neither did Commissioner Misty Servia. It was Servia's idea to host a park naming contest. 300 names were submitted by the community, with the most for Governor Ron DeSantis Park. I like a lot of people that I wouldn't suggest we name a neighborhood park after. Commissioner Servia felt the outcome was a ploy by her political opponent, who beat her during the primary. When the process was hijacked, all of a sudden it became a popularity contest. And while every commissioner said they liked the governor, three voted against the name and four voted in favor. We're taking the business away from the county and making ourselves again look like fools. We make ourselves look bad because we keep rehashing things. A new dog park with pickleball courts and a fitness trail will open named after our current governor. He's done some really wonderful, wonderful things for Florida. In Manatee County, Kimberly Quizon, Fox 13 News. How about that? It's amazing. A park named Governor DeSantis Park in New Mountainy. 
County. Wow. That's great. All right, next. I'm going to take a question or two. I will say someone was asking, so there was a report about, you know, I was going to help uh, someone who was going to cancel a, um, I had to cancel an engagement Sunday night, and there was part of the, there was like a tragedy. People thought it was like a, a family tragedy. I just want to make sure we're okay. It was not what it was. It was uh, I had you know family obligations to get back, and then Monday morning I attended, which was a tragedy. We lost one of our special agents from FDLE, and so we went to the funeral. It was a very sad thing. A phenomenal, phenomenal special agent had been a, a veteran and worked for Miami PD, and so so that was the situation that I had to come back to Florida uh, to address, and, and we did that. Um, other thing I'll just say before, before I leave is, you know, you see Chris with this running mate that he picked from down in Miami, who's a, a teacher union boss, and sympathetic to Fidel Castro, which was unbelievable to see that tweet, um, worked tooth and nail to lock kids out of school in 2020. They opposed everything we did in the state of Florida to give kids an opportunity and to put parents and families first. Uh, they wanted them locked out of school. They wanted to mimic the policies of Los Angeles, Chicago, D.C. They wanted that to be what happened in the state of Florida. And we already know the catastrophic damage that happened for locking these kids out of school. And we know Florida is so much better off because we actually put our kids first, and we understood how important it was to be in education. They, she and her union were more interested in politics than they were in the best interests of these kids. And then you come to see that they had one of their top henchmen in the union down in Miami who was a middle school teacher. He was sexually abusing middle school students for years and years. And everybody knew this was going on, and her union protected him, knowing that he represented a threat to those students in middle school classrooms. And he abused, and he abused, and he abused, and he finally got caught, and he's finally in prison. But they cared more about the power of their union than they did about the best interests of these kids. You look at guys like Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and... Scrooge McDuck. If you look at the, the national economic numbers, particularly over the last um, year and a half or so, I mean, you, you, you take Florida and Texas out and like, you know, it's a lot worse. I mean, we've really carried the load uh, for so much of the country because you have other parts of the country, you know, they were locked down for so long and, and people fled, businesses have left. Uh, the society is kind of just frayed. And then most of those same jurisdictions have embraced soft on crime policies where they're letting people out of prison, where prosecutors aren't prosecuting people for crimes the prosecutor doesn't deem important, uh, where they go after law enforcement wanting to defund police or attack police. So you end up having these, these, these places around the country that people just don't feel safe in. And yep. And we move to Florida. Next. Biden was in the Detroit car show. Man, this looks like me. He looks like he's a kid. He looks like a kid in a in loving the car. How old is Biden? 
is being taught how to turn on the darn car. Look at this guy. It's a, um, what kind of vehicle is this? Z06 Chevrolet Mustang. Alright, the next one he looks at is a, uh, I think it's the Hummer. And then the Rivern, Rivan. But why the hell does he do this? What the hell is about the entire electric investment? Listen to this. Listen. Um, I want I want you guys to listen carefully to him talking about these electric vehicles. Electric, electric, electric. It's just a bunch of phony stuff. Listen to Fiery it. there at the end delivering remarks at the Detroit across 30 in front of obviously... Seen this workers are feeling like these major investments from the federal government Actually, and never mind. Just listen to this. Okay. He got a tour of this entire place. Wow. It's amazing. Not. Is he a kid? I know this nation. I know you, the American people. I know your courage. I know your hearts. And I know our history. This is a nation that honors our Constitution. We do not reject it. This is a nation that believes in the rule of law. We do not repudiate it. <clears throat> This is a nation that respects free and fair elections. We honor the will of the people. We do not deny it. And this is a nation that rejects violence as a political tool. We do not encourage violence. We are still an America that believes in honesty and decency and respect for... Why the hell does he sound like he's... Um... Always yelling at his speeches. Listen to this one. We'll codify Roe v. Wade. 
We'll ban assault weapons. We'll protect Social Security and Medicare. We'll pass universal pre-K. We'll restore the child care tax credit. We'll protect voting rights. We'll pass election reform. We'll make sure no one ever... Tr- we, we will, we will, we will. We will end America, it sounds like. Jesus. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. All right, next, New York City. Good morning. Welcome back into Wake Up America. Um, the New York Times just out with an article alleging that New York this. City's private Orthodox Jewish schools are depriving students of basic education while accepting a billion dollars in public money. So what's going on here? For more, let's welcome in Managing Director of Coalition for Jewish Values, Rabbi Yakov Menken. Uh, Rabbi, great to have you back on. Um, tell us about what is going on here. Good morning. Uh, the woke New York Times is out with another classic attack on religious values and religious education, this time targeting the Jewish community for doing Jewish education the way we have always done. And there's a huge variety in the Jewish community with regards to how much time is spent on secular studies and how much time is spent on religious studies. But those religious studies give children backgrounds in economics and law and damages, which you simply don't find in other school systems. So the idea that these kids are not getting educated, that the people of the book are not actually interested in educating their kids is extremely offensive. And for the long hand of government to come in and claim that it knows better than parents how to educate their children, not only in public schools, but in private schools, shows what's really going on here. It it does, and I'm not pro-New York Times. Uh, The news that is fit to print, I, I think, is sort of laughable. This does seem like a targeted investigation, but the article alleges that while collecting more than a billion dollars in taxpayer money over the last four years, um, the schools are doing little by way of basic English, math, science, and history. Should, at the very least, should there be a, a non-political review? I don't think that there's any review that comes from outside the community that's going to be especially helpful here because, again, these are people who are experts in education who demanded full literacy from their society when most other societies were reserved education for the elite class. Uh, We are very much interested and invested. You see parents learning together with their children as a standard part of community behavior, which even to this day is is not typical. You help a kid with their homework when they need help with their homework. Right. Uh, I certainly, you know, growing up outside this community, did not experience the kind of learning that I did with my own kids as they were growing up. And that happens all across our community. Now, when you look at that billion dollars, what they're really saying is that taking these kids out of the public school system, which in New York City is investing approximately twenty-eight thousand dollars per child per year in education which is a ridiculous sum of money and yeah. obviously wasteful and not working so you're not it for any, any review the, just, just we're, because we're talking about saving 50 we're saving no uh, rabbi billions I, I, upon hundreds yes. of billions of dollars a, you know yeah no I, I, i'm with you it just seems like so I, let me tell you what the mayor says about this right now uh the mayor uh apparently read the article uh, he was quick to comment he said quote i'm not concerned about the findings of the article. I'm not going to look at a story. I want a thorough investigation. I want an independent review. As usual, 
It's ridiculous. That feeling right. you discover an epically whitening Next. charcoal toothpaste? Holy sh- She means holy spit. Hello. Tonight, a spokesperson for Florida's Governor Ron DeSantis confirms his state sent two planes of migrants to Martha's Vineyard. About 50 Venezuelan migrants, including children, arrived on these charter flights today. They're now in shelters tonight. Florida and Texas have been increasingly busing and flying migrants to other states in recent weeks. In a statement, the communications director for DeSantis saying, quote, states like Massachusetts, New York, and California will better facilitate the care of these individuals who they have invited into our country. The statement goes on to read, by incentivizing illegal immigration through their designation as sanctuary states and support for the Biden administration's This morning, a surprising scene in Martha's Vineyard. Two planes filled with about 50 migrants landing on the island, according to emergency management officials. Authorities say the planes were sent from Florida Wednesday afternoon by Governor Ron DeSantis. This video, provided by DeSantis' office, which says it was obtained by a source on the ground, appears to show the migrants' arrival on the island. DeSantis' office saying the planes were part of the state's relocation program to transport illegal immigrants to sanctuary destinations, adding states like Massachusetts, New York, and California will better facilitate the care of these individuals who they have invited into our country by incentivizing illegal immigration. This is really clearly a, a, a political a political stunt. Republican Governor DeSantis borrowing a tactic from other Republican governors, moving migrants to other states in order to protest the Biden administration's border policies. Since April, Texas bust more than 7,000 migrants to D.C., which declared a public emergency last week. The state has also bust thousands to New York and Chicago. Local Democratic lawmakers in Martha's Vineyard outraged. Representative Dylan Fernandez posted to social media saying he met with the immigrants at a local church and that dozens of beds have been supplied by local social services, along with meals, medical care, and a play area for children at a shelter. Some of these people, I've been told, traveled months just to get to the border. Um, and then we're, we're sent here in, a, in an airplane with very little information about where they're going or why they were going there. Carrie, it sounds like the local community pulled together to, to give shelter and, and help to these migrants. But were local officials given any kind of warning to prepare for the arrival? Well, several local officials say the office of Florida Governor Ron DeSantis confirmed they sent about 50 illegal immigrants to Martha's Vineyard. In a statement, DeSantis. Sweden's conservative party shaking up politics in the country, largely due to the rise of a nationalist populist movement. The Sweden Democrats, a once obscure right-wing party, won the second most votes in this week's election and will play a significant role in putting together a ruling government. It's largely characterized as being a group with a focus on hardline immigration policies, but recently found success by highlighting the surging rates of crime and gang activity across the country. And like other right-wing parties in Europe, it is open to using the power of the government to pursue its ends, as compared to a more hands-off libertarian approach thought of in conservative politics in the United States. The Swedish Democrats isn't a real right-wing party. Their voters are blue-collar voters. Uh, every Swedish basically a social democrat, uh, where, where we want a strong state, we want a strong welfare, we want a good publicly financed school system. So the Swedish Democratic voters aren't right-wing in that sense. 
The victory will undoubtedly bring changes to the country, which has been ruled by the center-left for the past several decades. Incumbent Prime Minister Magdalena Anderson is stepping down from her position. Now, it's up to the conservative coalition to put together a ruling government and implement its desired reform. Download the Domino's app today and become a piece of the Meanwhile, some breaking news right now in the world of pro tennis. One of the all-time greats, Roger Federer, calling it quits, retiring. The 20-time Grand Slam champion saying he will retire from the pro tour and Grand Slams at the end of next week. He says on Instagram, he came out on social media about this, in a quick quote, he says, I'm 41 years old. So for the next five years, improved working conditions. Peace of mind around their health care by capping the cost that workers will have to pay. And it's about the right to go to a doctor or stay healthy to make sure you're able to have the care you can afford. It's all part of this agreement. They earn and deserve these benefits. And this is a great deal for both sides, in my view. The agreement is also a victory for the railway companies. I want to thank the lead negotiators from the railway the National Railway Labor Conference and our major rail company. All right, the railway, the railway, the railway. Oh, man. Biden speaking about the railways. Yes. Next, let's spek about busloads to Martha Vineyard. What a great start to Vice President's house. Awesome. Just drop them off at the uh, vice president's house in Washington, please. We are not going to be like those municipalities and states where we fly people to Martha's Vineyard, where we put people on buses uh, and have them fail to get the basic items they need. All right, New York City Mayor there, Eric Adams, taking a dig today. At yep. Joining us now to continue the conversation, founder of Israel 365. Midterm elections now right around the corner. Primary season officially in the rearview mirror. All attention now on November the 8th, 2022. For more on this, let's welcome in former Pennsylvania senator and senior advisor to the Convention of States and Newsmax contributor, Rick Santorum. Rick, thanks for being with us this morning. Here at the Congress of Leaders of World and Traditional Religions in Nur Sultan, the capital of Kazakhstan, a lot of the important business happens in the conference hall behind me. But Jacob just as much happens here in the hall outside. And that's true of Jewish-Muslim dialogue as well. This is the seventh Congress to be held in the Kazakhstani capital. And historically, it's been an important meeting point for Jewish and Muslim leaders. And that's still true today, even with the Abraham... It's a day that has the potential to be filled with stability, surprises, or setbacks. Major political parties in Israel have just over 24 hours to submit their final running list for the country's latest election. And that means it's also the final hours for last-minute mergers, deals, defections, and spot jostling. On the right, opposition leader Benjamin Netanyahu is working hard to bring his Likud party back to power. I want to ask a question. One plus one equals how much? One plus one does not equal two, it equals four. If each one of you will bring a Likud supporter who did not vote in the last elections to vote in these elections, we'll get four years of stable right-wing government in Israel, headed by the Likud. 
Apart from his voters, Netanyahu succeeded in convincing the far-right parties of Noam religious Zionism and Otsma Yehudit to agree on a joint run. He also managed to prevent the split of ultra-Orthodox party United Torah Judaism. Meanwhile, more to the center, Defense Minister Benny Gantz's National Unity Party with main faces former Justice Minister Gidon Saar and the former IDF Chief of Staff Gadi Eisenkart became the first major faction to submit its list of candidates to the Knesset. When we look upon the list of the National Unity Party, we are the only party that represents the central camp of voters. That is the majority of the voters in Israel. And we believe that we are the only ones that can lead these ideas. That is why we are very excited, because today we are starting the journey. On the left, the Labour and Merits parties, who were urged to run together by Israeli Prime Minister Yair Lapid, are likely still running apart. This, even after Lapid warned them that if one of them fails to pass the electoral threshold, Netanyahu will for sure become the next Prime Minister. The parties, however, are united in not being part of a coalition aligned with Netanyahu. As is the opposition leader's former ally and head of the secular right-wing Israel Baitenu party, Avigdor Lieberman, who has recently launched a scathing attack against Netanyahu. The man is simply the scum of the human race, who has no red lines, and it's clear that he understands very well that all that stands between him and the government is Avigdor Lieberman. Both sides of the political spectrum are hoping to ensure that no votes for their respective blocs go to waste. Israeli voters have held the same hopes in previous elections, but as this is Israel's fifth election in three years, it appears that the parties may have a bigger problem on their hands, getting the voters to the polls. Stiffed? TikTok told me that they would set up a meeting with the CEO. They didn't want to testify in public, but they set up a meeting with the CEO after... In-laws are on their way. Take control of your moving experience with United Van Lines. The authority to defy the Florida legislature and nullify criminal laws with which... It's been 12 months since the AUKUS agreement was announced. Remember the multiple Zoom hookup between Johnson, Biden and Morrison one morning? Uh, the one in which Joe forgot Scott Morrison's name. And I want to thank uh, that fellow down under... Thank you very much, pal. Appreciate it, Mr. Prime Minister. Uh, good say, but we could tell he forgot. Today we got an update on the centrepiece of the agreement, the acquisition of nuclear submarines. Defence Minister Richard Miles says the government has ruled out any bespoke design, opting instead for either a British or American-type submarine. This is good news, with the subs more likely to be delivered, therefore, on time. The full submarine plan is set to be revealed in March next year. Joining me now to discuss all of this is Peter Jennings, founder of Peter Jennings Strategy Consultants. Peter, thanks for your time. Am I right to say that it's better we move away from a bespoke model of submarine because all sorts of dramas can accrue that we don't expect to accrue, right? Oh, absolutely, Chris. Uh, you know, the, the troubles we had with the French designed submarine was we took a boat that was designed to be powered by nuclear propulsion. Uh, and then spent literally hundreds of millions of dollars making it less capable to become a conventionally powered submarine. Um, the less design changes we can make, the better. Uh, and so I think that is a sensible position for the government to take. Uh, and in practice, my, my judgment is, although there's still a competition in theory between the British design and the American design, 
ultimately it will be the American Virginia class design that's selected if we go down this path. Uh, and that's because we have the same types of weapons, the same types of combat systems already in use. Uh, and therefore, that would be so much more simpler for Australia to be actually uh, able to take that particular technology type on. I want to go to Uzbekistan right now. I ought to be a fly on the wall in Uzbekistan as Xi Jinping and Vida. Interesting to hear today, Peter, that China has some concerns about what's happening in Ukraine. Yes, I thought that was a fascinating admission, maybe even a slip from Vladimir Putin. And what it tells you, I think, is a couple of things. Uh, one is that China is emerging as the dominant power in this relationship between China and Russia. China will save Russia's bacon by buying um, extra cheap oil and gas to help keep the Russian economy going. But China is by far the more powerful country. And Xi Jinping is also being very careful to not provide... Putin with a, a sort of a blank check in terms of support has been averted. It came down to the wire, but a railroad strike threatening to cripple U.S. supply chains has been averted. The deal was brokered early this morning after marathon talks between the federal government and the nation's two largest freight rail unions, representing more than 50,000 engineers and conductors. The tentative agreement reportedly gives union members pay raises both immediately and over the next five years, along with other work rules and scheduling changes. The consequences were so dire. Well, it's not a written. Governor Murphy announced today he'll nominate Judge Douglas Fasciali to serve on the New Jersey Supreme Court. Fasciali is a Republican from Union County who served for nearly 18 years as a Superior Court judge. He'll succeed retiring Associate Justice Faustino Fernandez-Vina. The nomination of a Republican is considered an olive branch for the impasse between the State Senate and Governor Murphy over Supreme Court nominations. There have been three vacancies on the high court since July, with all being filled temporarily by superior court judges, including Fasciali. Since 1989, our mission has To look at the New Jersey congressional races dominating November's midterm elections, tonight the 5th District between three-term incumbent Democrat Josh Gottheimer and Republican Frank Pallotta, who ran unsuccessfully two years ago. A senior political correspondent David Cruz reports it's a race that's gaining national traction. It can take a while to get from one end of the 5th District to the other encompassing as it does a right-to-left swing geographically and politically through most of Bergen and parts of Passaic, Sussex, and Warren counties. It's what Republican Frank Pallotta says he loves about the 5th. This district is a microcosm of the state and the country. And I know, David, you know the district pretty well. You've got the Bergen Field and the Hackensack urban areas. You, you move into the larger uh, neighborhoods of, of Mawa, where I live, and Upper Saddle River and Oakland. And then you've got tremendous farms in Sussex County. And, and last cycle when I ran, Warren was... New Jersey Food banks and charities across the state say they've got a short-term solution for the mountains of reusable grocery bags piling up in your home. 
donate them. Places like the Community Food Bank of New Jersey report being desperate for the bag donations as they continue to help a rising number of families in need. It's a surge that began at the start of the pandemic. Well, the organization launched a website where people in northern and southern New Jersey can donate clean, like new, reusable bags at any one of their 300 pantries and distribution centers. After more than three decades of state oversight, Jersey City is regaining full control of its public school district. The State Board of Education on Wednesday approved the transfer and congratulated the school system for meeting its milestones while becoming a high-performing district. The state on the updates from City Hall. Concerns over the growing number of e-bike fires and injuries prompting city council members to call for a restriction on certain batteries. And News 12's Marissa Marcelino has the latest for us on the updates from City Hall. Elected officials teamed up today saying they refuse to wait for more tragedies, like the early August apartment fire in Harlem that killed a five-year-old girl and a 36-year-old woman. The blaze was sparked by lithium-ion batteries from e-bikes and scooters, according to the FDNY. Bronx Council Member Oswald Felice is leading the charge to protect homes and families. This year we've had over 130 fires related to e-bikes. These e-bike batteries contain fluids that when ignited create powerful, difficult to extinguish fires. Council members from across the city came together today to announce new legislation that would ban the sale of unsafe e-bike batteries, which they say would help fight this fire safety crisis. We're not restricting the sale of every e-bike battery. We're restricting the sale of the unsafe uncertified e-bike batteries that don't have tools to prevent. New Jersey Transit is partnering with BetMGM to rename the Meadowlands Rail Line after the online sportsbook. It's a new three-year agreement. It's the first of its kind for NJT. It's a deal that MGM officials say will keep fares affordable by bringing in revenue while also reminding people about Jersey City's, uh, the Jersey City-based company. We look for ways to engage with customers in a, in a slightly different manner. Um, we think we need manners in which to, we need tactics perhaps to cut through a very crowded space. We think this is one of those opportunities to, to frankly, as people are going to this world-class venue at MedLife, um, seeing our partner, the Jets, and for those of you who are uh, fans of the Giants as well, um, compete each and every week. The Meadowlands rail line moves more than 100 Public schools. So the State Board of Regents voted unanimously today about new rules that require private schools to prove that they are giving students an education. Congestion pricing are getting louder. This Hochul hike has an impact on New Yorkers who are already hitting their breaking points. Republican candidate Lee Zeldin made a stop in Rockland today, joining calls to put a stop to that transit congestion pricing plan. News 12's Diane Caruso was there in Nanuet and has the story for us tonight. Calls to halt congestion pricing are getting louder. This Hochul hike has an impact on New Yorkers who are already hitting their breaking points. Republican Lee Zeldin is one of those voices. He's running to be the next governor of New York. We are being sold on this congestion pricing plan 
is a scam. You want more people riding public transportation? Improve the service. Recent polls show Zeldin trailing Kathy Hochul by a few points to double digits. So for us right here in the middle of September to be mid-single digits down, and we're just about to start our TV ads and that other... Well, on Sunday, we took a moment as a nation to remember what happened 21 years ago on September the 11th. Now there's a push to ensure generations to come know exactly what happened that day and how our nation changed. News 12 New Jersey's Chris Keating explains. The lasting sentiment from 9-11 has always been never forget. So the prevailing thought with this bill is if we teach our children everything that happened that day, we'll never lose sight of that moment in history. Whether it was the attack on the Twin Towers in Lower Manhattan, the downing of Flight 93 in Shanksville, Pennsylvania, or the attack on the Pentagon, this bill would ensure that school children learn about it. State Senator Dick Cody believes it's similar to our commemoration and retelling of what happened in Pearl Harbor, December 7th, 1941. I can remember vividly reading about um, Pearl Harbor. Senator Cody is leading the charge to teach all levels, from elementary school to high school, about 9-11, just as past generations learned about World War II. You could go into towns, and there was a big billboard of every person in every town who died, who gave their life for World War II. It should be the same with 9-11. The bill calls for a curriculum which would discuss a timeline of the attacks that day, efforts of first responders, and teaching about tolerance. It would also mandate school assemblies on September 11th. When I asked about how do you go about teaching a topic which involved a massive loss of innocent life, the lives of New Jerseyans who should still be with us today, he told me this. You teach them that it was all about hate and how do we get rid of that kind of hate and how do we go forward as a country. The bill has already been approved by the state senate. It's now before members of the state assembly. Senator Cody is confident that Governor Murphy will sign it. In Jersey City, I'm Chris Keating, News 12 New Jersey. Breaking into the alert center, parents, students, you might want to listen up. Here at the alert center, we have been listening as Mayor Eric Adams speaks alongside education officials about a new program coming for city students. It's called the Career Readiness and Modern Youth Apprenticeship Program, and we'll be connecting students across 50 different schools with apprenticeships. Fashion is getting a makeover. Flight Director Mike Lammers shaking the Vice President's hand. The Chief of the Flight Director Office, Emily Nelson, also viewing the proceedings today. All right. Kamala Harris at NASA. Here we go.
Houston, this is Houston. Are you ready for the event? This is Houston. Are you ready for the event? Station Houston, please use the handheld mic for Space Ground 2. We are ready for the event. Madam Vice President, this is Mission Control Houston. Please call station for a voice check. Good afternoon. Can you hear me? Madam Vice President, we have you loud and clear. It's great to see you at JSC and an honor to speak with you from the International Space Station. I am so excited to be with you all as Vice President, as the head of the Space Council, and as an American who is a space nerd. I'm so thrilled to be with each one of you. And thank you for your excellence. Thank you for your service. How are you guys doing? We are, uh, we are doing great. Uh, we are fellow space nerds, and uh, we really appreciate you and the, the Space Council and everyone there, the, the support that you all have for the Human Space Flight Program. You know, I've invited some students to join us today, and we've been talking with folks, of course, around the country about what you all are doing. Can you share, for those who have not been on the International Space Station, how does it impact your view of Earth when you've had that experience? Does it change your view of Earth and your perception of who we are who live on Earth? Oh, man, that's a, uh, that's a great question, and I think it's something that we all share up here. You know, one of the unique perspectives uh, that we have here is to see Earth uh, in its entirety. You know, we orbit the Earth, we see 16 sunrises and sunsets every day, and uh, we look down and we see a, a world with no borders, We see uh, and we see and work with people that are, you know, from all different backgrounds and things like that. And so uh, our perspective up here is that we're all part of one team, we all work towards uh, one common purpose, and that when we set, the, set our minds towards, uh, towards those kinds of goals, uh, we can accomplish anything. So it is really phenomenal to be up here, and it is great looking down on the Earth. Uh, you do realize how uh, fragile it is and how much we have to take care of it as well, uh, and so it is uh, just really a privilege to be up here, and, uh, and just really an honor. Lessons for all of us. Uh, it, it, we're all in this together, aren't we? But you can see that when you're in space, that we on Earth are all in this together. And I appreciate your point about the fragility of this beautiful Earth of ours and the need, therefore, to take care of it. Tell us what you are learning on the space station that is helping us be smarter around how we take care of Earth. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, first of all, it's an honor and privilege to be speaking with you today. Um, but yes, we are, are honored and privileged to be able to use the International Space Station um, as a test bed and as a laboratory to be able to um, learn lessons that we can apply to Earth. Uh, so things like learning um, how to grow plants without uh, soil and being able to use that back on Earth to help with food security. Um, thinking about um, learning about how cells um, age, immune cells age while we're up here, and thinking about how um, we can um, help with immune cell aging uh, back on Earth. There's so many different aspects of what we do up here that can be applied um, to making Earth a better place. And 
everything you spoke of is about life, isn't it? And what we can do through food, through the growth of agriculture that feeds the species and the population, but also what we can do to improve the condition of, of human life in terms of sickness and what we can do and discover in terms of treatment. That really is so exciting. All right. Next. Augmented reality. We're making other countries rich. We're letting other countries take advantage of us with the military, with the trade, with everything. We're losing our shirts on everything. You know, it's interesting. Ukraine, we want to help people. We want to help. It's a horrible thing. Would have never, ever happened. 100% would have never happened. Should have never happened. But we gave now $80 billion dollars. And Europe has given six. Now, Europe is a similar size when all added up to the United States, the economy, Europe, if you add it all up. And they're in for a lot less money than us. And you know, it's a sad thing because they're in for less, but they're affected a lot more than we are. So you got to get somebody to do it. It's like with NATO. I said, if you don't start paying your bills, when I came in, 28 countries, most of them weren't paying. We were paying for everybody. We only had eight countries that were current. The rest were not current, to put it nicely. And I said, you're going to have to pay your bills. They said, well, does this mean you won't protect us if we don't? I said, that's exactly what I mean. We took in $400 billion after that statement. With the stock market just had one of the worst seven-day periods in history and it actually had the seven worst day think of it seven worst day that was in ohio all right next are we here to learn about or understand or compromise or accommodate the great reset we are here to defeat it Here's how we're going to defeat it. We're going to build an army of the awakened. And you, because you're here today, are the cadre, the vanguard of that. Correct? That was Bannon. Left. I came here to speak in Albuquerque, University of New Mexico. Uh, the protest started. We were in a room. They were outside, of course, screaming and chanting the F word, discussing things. And then it turned violent. Um, they started pushing the officers that were guarding the door, trying to bust in the door. And at one point, they almost made it through the door, um, officers having to barricade it. Uh, not nearly enough officers were present. I don't think anybody knew it was going to be this bad. But then somebody pulled the fire alarm. Um, alarms are going off everywhere. We're all basically barricaded in this room. And to the liberals out there that are willing to get violent to their own classmates simply because a conservative came to campus is a testament to how disgusting you are. That's a Turning Point USA person. Meanwhile, Joe Biden on 60 Minutes. Listen to this. Sir, are you committed to running again? Or are there certain conditions that have to be right? Look, if I were to say to you, I'm running again, all of a sudden a whole range of things come into play that I have uh, requirements I have to change and move and do. In terms of election in laws? In terms of election laws. 
then it's much too early to make that kind of decision. I'm a great respecter of fate. And so what I'm doing is I'm doing my job. I'm going to do that job. And within the time frame that makes sense after this next election cycle here, going into next year, make a judgment of what to do. You say that it's much too early to make that decision. Take it the decision has not been made in your own head. Look, my intention, as I said to begin with, is that I would run again. But it's just an intention. But is it a firm decision that I run again? That remains to be seen. Have you been briefed, sir, on the top secret documents that were found at Mar-a-Lago? No. No one has come to you to warn you that important national security secrets were revealed by the storage of those documents at the former president's home. I have not personally spoken to anyone. That's a lie. That's a lie. In that regard, I'm sure my administration is aware of all of that, and so is the Nah, he just wanted to lie. Next. What should Chinese President Xi know about your commitment to Taiwan? We agree with what we signed on to a long time ago. Mr. President, as you know, last Tuesday, the annual inflation rate came in at 8.3%. The stock market nosedived. People are shocked by their grocery bills. What can you do better and faster? Well, first of all, let's put this in perspective. Inflation rate month to month was just, uh, 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 just an inch, hardly at all. You're not arguing that 8.3 is good news. No, I'm not saying it is good news, but it was 8.2 or 8.2 before. I mean, it's not, you're, maybe I can make it sound like all of a sudden, my God, it went to 8.2%. President Xi and Vladimir Putin have met on the same day that you and I are sitting here in the White House. And I wonder if this is a new, more complicated Cold War. How do you manage it? I don't think it is a new, more complicated Cold War. We're Casper, and we deliver award-winning Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. Sir, in your Philadelphia clear. speech recently, you warned of MAGA Republicans, those who attacked the Capitol. They look at the mob that stormed the United States Capitol on January 6th, brutally attacking law enforcement, not as insurrectionists who placed a dagger at the throat of our democracy, but they look at them as patriots. But later in the speech, you conflated them with people who disagree with you on abortion. And I wonder no, if No, I did you... not. That's a misreading of my speech. It's a fundamental misreading of my speech. Well, sir, you talked about the right to choose. You talk about the right to conception. You talk about the right to marry the person you love. MAGA forces are determined to take this country backwards. Backwards to an America where there is no right to choose, no right to privacy, no right to contraception, no right to marry who you love. 
I was making a speech about the state of affairs and the Republican Party and us. I wasn't just talking about MAGA Republicans. The MAGA Republicans are the people who say, refuse to acknowledge that an election took place and there was a winner. The MAGA Republicans are those people who, in fact, say that the use of violence is a legitimate tool like what happened to the Capitol. They're the MAGA Republicans. You can't call yourself a democratic republic and support violence internally against the government and at the same time talk about not recognizing the outcome of the election is overwhelmingly agreed to be legitimate. Do you fear that speech created more division than unity in the country? No, I don't fear that at all. I think significant force. You hear in his voice that the Democrats are desperate to get rid of Joe Biden. Listen to that. Have you raised taxes for the last time in your administration? Taxes of anybody making under 400000 bucks are not going to go up a penny. They haven't. I made that commitment when I ran, and I will not now. But as Ukraine succeeds on the battlefield, Vladimir Putin is becoming embarrassed and pushed into a corner. And I wonder, Mr. President, what you would say to him if he is considering using chemical or tactical nuclear weapons. Don't. 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 Mr. President, you have just averted a nationwide railroad strike that would have been crippling to the economy. How did you do that? And what were those last hours like in the negotiations? Well, look, we brought business and labor together. One of the things that happens in negotiations, particularly if they've been elongated like these have, is people say and do things where they, their pride gets engaged as well. And it's awful hard to back off of some of these things. So what we did was just say, look, let's take a look. Let's take a look at what's happening. You have a good deal being made for labor. Their, their, their income is going to go up 24% over the next five years. They've worked out the health care piece. They've worked out days off. They both sat down, in my view, and they were in the office today saying, well, we finally figured out this is fair on both sides. Mr. President, first Detroit auto show in three years. Yeah. Is the pandemic over? The pandemic is over. We still have a problem with COVID. We're still doing a lot of work on it. Uh, it's, but the pandemic is over. If you notice, no one's wearing masks. Everybody seems to be in pretty good shape. And so I think it's changing, and I think this is a perfect example of it. All right, the pandemic is over. Bye-bye, Fauci. First Detroit auto show in three years. Yeah. Is the pandemic over? The pandemic is over. Yes, the pandemic is over. All right, good. And all stuff that is going on. And everything, please. God almighty. Next, let's hear um, Mayor Adams talk about the great um, Martha Vineyards. Here we go. Eric Adams, Mr. Mayor, thanks so much for joining us. Um, so more than 11,000 asylum seekers have passed through New York shelter system since May, including roughly 2,500 bust to New York from Texas. You have warned that New York is, quote, nearing its breaking point. And you've talked about maybe bringing cruise ships to temporarily shelter these migrants. 
What help do you need from President Biden and the federal government right now that you aren't already getting? And how much longer can New York continue without more resources? Well, uh, it's clear that this is, uh, as it stated, a humanitarian crisis created by human hands. And it, it, is, it is an all-hands-on-deck moment where we're all supposed to come together and coordinate. Coordination during the crisis is something that we must do together. And that's the federal government. That, are, that is also uh, the governor of the state of Texas, as well as the governor, governor of the state of Florida. Uh, we should not be... Uh, really treating other cities and municipalities in the manner that we're witnessing now. And so we need uh, resources for housing, resources to make sure that we could properly give people the medical care, all of the basic necessities that you would give new arrivals that enter a city. How long until you run out of resources for these migrants? Uh, well, we're not. We're going to follow the law and as well as our moral obligation responsibilities. It's going to be challenging. We're experiencing the challenges in doing so, but we're obligated by law uh, here in the city of New York. Uh, as has been mentioned over and over again, uh, this is a right uh, to shelter city, and we're going to fulfill our obligations. All right, enough. What's your uh, message to Governor Abbott and Governor DeSantis about the migrants they, they ship to New York and other blue state areas? Well, I think it's the message for the entire country. Uh, these are two uh, governors. All right, enough. So uh, the governor of California um, sent a letter to the Department of Justice saying, you need to prosecute Texas and Florida governors. And all I can say is um, I think his hair gel is interfering with his brain function. <laughs> How about that? That sounds great. All right, next. Robbie, what's on your radar? So in May, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signed into law a bill that required Florida public schools to set aside 45 minutes of instruction on November the 7th for victims of Communism Day. So the point of the law, according to DeSantis, was to make sure that students had a grasp of communism's very real and very large death toll historically. In the 20th century, communism was responsible for an estimated 65 million deaths. Those deaths came in the forms of political purges, deportations, and mass murders, as well as famines, both deliberate and accidental. The Bolshevik Red Terror, the Holodomor in Ukraine. All right, next. Um. Meanwhile, Trump is in... Um, Marlaga, for the first time since he was in, uh, for the first time, he said in a statement on True Social, he said that I arrived at True, at Marlaga. It's utterly disgusting how this FBI raid happened. And he said that. They didn't even take off their shoes when he they entered his off when they entered his room. They still see he still sees his their um footprints. How nasty is that? 
arrested a federal human trafficking probe after Florida Governor Ron DeSantis boasted about sending about 50 Venezuelan migrants to Martha's Vineyard. Oh, yeah. All right. Next. Today was the Queen's funeral. All right, next. And Zavagalon is uh, once again uh, the spearhead of Israel's left. And-, and for more, let's go to Ariel Kahana, diplomatic correspondent for the Israel Hayom Daily, joining us from the community of Geva Binyamin. And Ariel, it's not Disney or Pixar, but I guess it gets the point across. Uh, is the failure of the Arab parties to unite the key to Benjamin Netanyahu uh, returning to the prime minister's office? local events, things for having me. So, of course, it depends who you ask. If you are talking with Netanyahu's people, some of them are telling you, listen, maybe the three Arab parties won't cross the minimum limit of 4%, four seats, I'm sorry, and therefore it's going to be a great victory for us. But I will tell you, Kalev, that I spoke with a good Arab journalist friend, and he told me what seems to me a little bit more accurate, and that is that we were already in quite similar situations, so maybe the Arab parties won't have uh, 10 seats altogether, so it will be 9 or, or 8. But it, it's not enough, it's definitely not enough for Netanyahu to get the 61. And it- Bring in I-24 News senior correspondent Owen Alterman joining me live in studio to break all of this down. Owen, good afternoon to you. The Israeli political playing field always shifting, always changing. Walk us through these events that have been happening. Just- Next. Okay, any questions back there? Yes, sir. Uh, News Channel 7, Alex George from Panama City Beach. Uh, Governor Santos, can you elaborate on reports that you flew dozens of migrants over to Martha's Vineyard? <laughs> <laughs> we are, we take what's happening at the southern border very seriously, unlike some, and unlike the President of the United States, who has refused to lift a finger to secure that border. And you've had millions and millions of people pouring across illegally, record amount of fentanyl coming into our country. It is absolutely killing Americans in record numbers. Of course, you have criminal aliens, but just the sheer number of people, it's not the way you run a country. Uh, Unfortunately, there's a lot of folks that come across. Where do they want to end up? A lot want to come, because everyone wants to come to Florida. I'm going to ask this question, and you'll probably see where I'm going with it. Yep. Uh, you've been mayor since 2013, almost 10 mayor years. Mayor Stephen Fulop. Now, yeah. uh, what are your highlights, and what else do you have to do in the city? Um, look, I mean, Jersey City has been one of the best stories in the entire country. Um, if you're going to ask if I'm going to run for higher office. I mean, the Jersey City story is the best selling point that I have because we were accountable. Uh, we've created fiscal responsibility. We've created more affordable housing than anybody in New Jersey. We've created more development than anybody in New Jersey. We're a leader on transportation, a leader on environmental issues. Um, you know, you could go down the list. We've really changed Jersey City for the better. And it speaks to that with regards to the number of people that are moving here and how Jersey City is perceived. So, you know, we're really proud of it. Um, I love this job and uh, I'm not eager to leave it, but uh, we got a lot of things to be proud of over here. At the same time, though, you are kind of setting up an infrastructure to make a run like that. What's the calculus? What has to happen in your mind? I'm not 100 percent there that I will run for governor, but I would say more than likely I'm leaning in that direction. Um, You know, after 12 years of being mayor, I would think that 
you know, it's uh, it's time to let somebody else step in and, and, and give their thoughts and ideas. I'd like to finish what we started. But at the same time, I really do love this job and I love this city. So I just got to think through it a little bit more. But if you're asking what I'm thinking, I'm trying to be as honest and straightforward as you as possible. I'm saying uh, more than likely I'm leaning in that direction and likely will pursue it. But I'm not 100 percent there yet. Meanwhile, Eric Adams, swagger man, basically, as I call him. Next, uh, Eric Adams asked the point blank how um, El Paso is different. Here we go. Monday, New York City Mayor Eric Adams was asked about potential legal actions against the governor of Texas and the mayor of El Paso over bus and migrants to his city. The question comes after thousands of border crossers have arrived in the Big Apple on buses from the Lone Star State. New York City is a sanctuary city, meaning it does not enforce federal immigration law and, in fact, requires that police don't follow it. Greg Abbott, a Republican, has come under fire from progressives and Democrats who accuse him of human trafficking and deliberately causing chaos. The Democratic mayor of El Paso, Oscar Leeser, however, has not earned liberals' ire despite busing migrants to New York as well. Adams has come under fire from progressives over the treatment of migrants, particularly... Continue sending the migrants in, police. Thank you. Next. The Queen's funeral has seen the biggest ever gathering of senior dignitaries with more than 500 kings, queens and prime ministers and presidents travelling to London for the service. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese and the US President Joe Biden were among those to pay their respects. No individual motorcades, but coaches to ferry even the world's princes and presidents ensuring arrivals ran like clockwork. The Emperor and Empress of Japan, for whom funeral appearances are rare because of their Shinto faith, shared a bus with the King and Queen of Bhutan. A photo opportunity for Kenya's president. Tony, just before we go, I mean, one of the things that struck me is this growing understanding people have watching the events of the last 10 days of the difference between the crown as an institution and the individual... Let's check in on the most powerful man in the world. Now, one would think being the President. Andrew, the Prime Minister, after London returns home for that National Day of Mourning here and the ceremony in Parliament House, before then departing for Tokyo pretty quickly after that. Yeah, how's his VIP frequent fly point? So Anthony Albanese is off to Japan for Shinzo Shinzo Abe's, Abe's funeral shortly after he returns from London. It emerged last week that he will not, however, be attending the COP27 climate change talks in November, leaving that to Chris Bowen, his minister. Bowen is actually off to the US this week to attend climate talks. And Foreign Affairs Minister Penny Wong is also travelling to the UN General Assembly in New York with Senator Pat Dodson. A lot of travelling. Next. On Monday... Republican New York gubernatorial candidate Lee Zeldin was heckled during a press briefing on crime. Appearing in Lower Manhattan at a McDonald's that was the site of a hatchet attack, he was repeatedly heckled about January 6th and his opposition to cashless bail reforms. Zeldin sought to quell the heckler by stating that it was okay for him to be a Democrat and Zeldin a Republican. Around New York City over the course of the weekend, you read... About the stabbings, you read about the shootings. And right now there are people here in this 
city who are sharing stories about how they, they either aren't riding the subway because they fear for their safety. Others who do ride the subway and they talk about grabbing a pole or grabbing a guardrail because they're afraid of being pushed in front of an oncoming subway car. Hear the story of somebody who lives here in Manhattan talking about how they used to be able to walk 15, what a 20... stupid idiot um, protester yelling. Go vote. Please vote for Zeldin. He's a great guy. Listen to this. Learning you have yeah. Hodgkin lymphoma. He's trying to help New York get better. Thank you to Congresswoman Maliotakis, all of our law enforcement leaders who are here, and for what you do. Uh, it's a special place in our hearts that we. This no cash bail thing is nonsense. It's ridiculous. It's not working. If we could let. Yep. Foreign correspondent Shelby Wilder join uh, Shelby Wilder, excuse me, joins us with the latest from Ukraine's capital city of Kiev. Shelby. Good afternoon. Well, the news today from Ukraine is really centered around this counteroffensive. It was launched roughly two weeks ago, and we continue to see Ukraine's military make significant gains in the east of the country pushing back Russian forces that are now really starting to feel the pressure. But with these gains, we must understand that there is also news of atrocities coming to light committed by Russian forces in these newly liberated villages and towns. So we saw last week in the city of Izium, President Zelensky made a visit there that there was the discovery of mass graves in the forest outside of the city. Now, so far, we've learned that there are over 450 bodies and investigators are really exhuming these bodies to find out what's happened. They're both civilian and military bodies there. And unfortunately, they show signs of of torture. And as. Um, That's all, folks. All right. Next. There's a apparently there's a. Uh, hurricane happening right now um, in Dominican Republic, Bermuda area. Um, where else? Saint Pier and Mount McQuown area. All right. It's a Category 2 Hurricane Fiona. Look out. It's a 100-mile speed wind. Um, look at your weather. Um, it's a hell. It's a freaking um, pretty strong hurricane. And I'm telling you, folks, it's I, I never would love to. I would never want to be in a hurricane. That's the last thing I want in. All right, next, booking.com. Um, response to a um, made a decision. Um, on Monday, it plans to add warnings to listings in Israel. Occupied West Bank's becoming the first latest foreign company to wade into one of the world's most Continuous debates. Booking.com, it would be 
and would caution customers booking accommodation in Israeli settlements that they were traveling in a, to a disputed conflict affected or a high-risk area that may pose greater risk. Listen to what... I understand that uh, booking wants to be... Listen to what Prime Minister Netanyahu says. I understand that uh, booking wants to restrict its services in Judea and Samaria. Booking, you should really read the book, the Bible. You know why Judea is called Judea? Because that's where Jews come from. It's been our homeland for close to 4,000 years. You should really get a history Mike, thank you. As we head into the close, take a look. We're up 100, we're up 200 points now on the Dow Jones Industrial Average. We're at the high of the day. So we, we continue to see improvement throughout this final hour. Nike is doing well. It's adding a lot of points to the Dow. But actually, the biggest benefactor here is Home Depot, Apple, and then Nike. Goldman Sachs is strong as well. What's holding it back? J&J, Merck, and P&G. S&P 500 up about six-tenths of one percent. Again, eyes of the day. Most sectors actually going to end up positive here. Materials, industrials, and discretion. All right. All right, next week, um, I don't know what's the story about next week. Um, my schedule is going to be wrecked uh, next few weeks. As I prepare to go to Israel. A month from Thursday. Actually, Friday. A month from Friday. I'm headed to Israel. And it will be wonderful. I'm going to have a sick time. Yes. All right, everyone. If um, God willing, I'll speak to you next week. If not, then we will have a show on Monday. Most likely. All right. Have a wonderful week. All right, before we go, we have one more clip to play. Mike Lindell. Okay, my lawyers and I got together the last couple days, and on Tuesday, we're suing the United States government and the FBI. We're suing for violating our First Amendment rights, our Fourth Amendment rights, our Fifth Amendment rights, and our Sixth Amendment rights. How about that? Suing the FBI and the regular government tomorrow for the first, fourth, fifth, and sixth amendment. All right, folks, that's crazy, and it's amazing. All right, it's expensive. Go to mypo.com and support Michael and Dell. Have a good day.